When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. I always forget how severe and curt that click is in that uh, Luke and Pete Shaw theme. Hello, it's the Luke and Pete Shaw. I'm Pete Donaldson. I'm joined by Luke Mower. That's how the Luke and Pete Shaw operates around these boroughs. That, that, how are you guys doing? Yeah, how are you doing? That music can only mean one thing. It's time for some more Pete Donaldson-inspired nonsense. Well, it could mean uh, many things. It could mean that I'm doing another podcast and I press the wrong button. Eminently possible. Yeah. At all times. <laughs> and, and when people say to me, what's it like doing the Luke and Pete show? I say, and I mean this mostly in the nicest possible way, it's a joy because I don't really know what's going to happen next. I start every show by um, going in, in a similar manner into the box of lint chocolates we uh, got kindly sent by some guy or gal. Uh, and I always pick out a white chocolate one. And I, I'm not a big fan of white chocolates for people who don't like chocolate. Yeah, it's, you know, there's a big it's, thing. A, it's the inert in the periodic table of chocolates. White chocolate is the inert gas. It's, it's not a noble gas. It's not a noble gas. Like it's milk. An inert gas. Milk is a noble gas, in my opinion, in the chocolate world. <laughs> um, do you know that there's a um, a quite pretentious uh, but oft referenced thing here among food critics, right? Where they don't like uh, white chocolate. Why? Where they, they say totally? that it's just it's got no um, sort of subtlety of flavour. It basically just tastes of sugar, mm, and it's really overpowering, and you can't match it with any ingredients or anything. Ah, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah, I agree. Completely but, agree. But when I went to um, Bruges, as we talked about mm. recently, the most perverted city in Belgium, and it's a packed list. I couldn't remember what we talked about last week. I was like, oh, why didn't I do something about Korea? I was like, you've already done that. I was going, have I? Yeah, you because we did it like the the week that I came back. I, I think was it was tired. the yeah, I think it was the day after you came back. Uh, so you're probably on on a on cloud nine cloud still. Cloud nine. Um, but, you know, we, we established that Bruges is the most perverted city in Belgium because you um, encountered a pervert there. Oh, yeah. And it's For, always good yeah. to have experience-based opinions, right? So it's good to, to know... <laughs> to know what you're talking about because you've actually experienced it. So we've done that there. So that is that is empirical evidence. Um, but I went to that chocolate shop, the Chocolate Line. Did I mention that? The Chocolate Line? Yeah. Sounds like a crazy um, train of some kind. Yeah. yeah. I guess it does, yeah. Okay. Apparently, apparently the guy who, who the, the proprietor of it is the seen as one of the best chocolate makers in the world. Right. And um, they make um, those, I don't, I don't even know why I'm saying this, they make those macaroons, you know, those tunnocks type tea cakes. Oh, right. They make like, almost like an artisan version of those. Yeah. And the the, the crescendo to this story is, is I that had five. some of them are white chocolate. Oh. But they taste good. Yeah. They taste good. Yeah, I'm not having it. You, you're not, not having, having white it. chocolate at all. Some people say it tastes of sick. It just tastes of sick. It is quite a sickly flavour. But again, it's probably your overpowering flavour of, uh, of the sugar. Uh, we've got to eat some more um, of that space food a little bit later on, which you did on for last a photo show, shoot. For a photo shoot. Because <laughs> uh, Sam wasn't around, so we had to uh, do, our, do our business, do our dirty business. Well, that's like people would have heard on the most recent episode. It didn't taste too bad. No. Elsewhere, recently on the Luke and Pete show, your all-new Luke and Pete show, um, which essentially is, 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 is like a half, an unplanned half hour punctuated by people's emails, I guess. Mm. Um, space food. You did a lot on conspiracy theories, Pete, because you found an article on the internet. Oh, um, well, well, this week we've got Senicide, which is the murder of your parents. Is that what it's called? What? 
Tenicide, yeah. Is it sure. really? Because yeah. matricide and patricide, obviously. I didn't know there was a group. A group for the a group for, for term. The well, well, I think it's a killing of the elderly. I, I don't think it's. It didn't, they, you don't necessarily have to be uh, uh, related to them. Mm. <laughs> so there we go. Keep talking because I'm drinking tea then. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, that's what we've been talking about. We also heard from uh, a a huge part of this parish, the Luke and Pete show uh, parish, Pilot Neil. Oh, yes. Um, who talked to us about um, different bits and pieces, about, I think, a drug smuggler, wasn't it, or something like that. Um, one thing I found out this week, which I wanted to bring to the table, was that our good friend, our mutual friend, John, said that when he was in Togo doing some work, um, they don't have McDonald's there. They have a, a, a sort of spin-off. Well, not really a spin-off, <laughs> like a, what would you say it is? Like a um, a sort of ersatz McDonald's yeah, called okay, yeah. um, Al Donald's. Al Donald's. And it's got one arch, one works, golden arch. It works so well. It's great. I mean, it, they're not brand, they're not like, um, he hasn't got more than like two or three though, has he? It's not like a kind oh, of, okay. like, oh, it's not, not a chain. All, no, it's not a chain. In the same way that you'll get like a KFC knockoff around uh, North London. Yeah. Well, actually, all around London. DFC. What's your favourite uh, chicken shop in the whole of uh, London? Well, the big one in where I where I live, and the one that everyone will say is is Morley's. Right, Morley's. Okay. Yeah. Was that where that um, Adidas um, advert was filmed? It's possible. Yeah, possible, it's quite famous yeah. in, in around around my ends, yeah. as they say. Um, I think Chicken Shop Connoisseur went there. <clears throat> right. Okay. Um, he's one got his own Channel Four show now, hasn't he? That guy. Has he called uh, Saint? Uh, I think we Peng spoke Life about this, haven't we? Yeah. yeah. Um, so Morley's a bit of one. But to be honest, I find, um, and because I'm a horrendously middle-class man in, in approaching his late 30s, I find them all very salty. <laughs> but the, well, big, the big one in Harlesden <laughs> where I lived, where I used to live with my mates, and I used to go to those sort of places more often, i.e. in a situation in my life where my wife wouldn't tell me off, mm. um, was Sam's Chicken. And they used to do two chicken burgers and two fries for £2. I think that there's a Sam's Chicken in uh, Kentish Town and you could get, um, yeah, you'd get two, you'd get like two servings, two fries uh, and 12 um, um, hot wings. Oh, that was a dark period of time. When I sort of look at my back and like the... A bit like Alan Partridge, I got a fat back. Yeah, <laughs> there's like I always sort of think, yeah, that's that's the chicken I ate in I've got my a, younger years. I've got a fat front. Oh, um, Pete, is it fair to say for those who are listening who aren't overly familiar with London that London a chick, chicken shops are almost synonymous with London, aren't they? Yeah, hugely. So if you if you live in a, a provincial town in the UK <laughs> or perhaps a different city, maybe it's the same in Birmingham or Manchester or whatever, but in in a provincial town i.e. from where I'm from, and it might be the same in Hartlepool, where you're from. It's more about kebab shops. It's more about kebab shops, and it's more about uh, kind of diversifying, so you'll get a pizza shop that also does a bit of chicken, a bit of fish and chips, and a bit of, uh, they'll do a whole kind of range of things. But chicken shops are like, uh, you know, it, it, it's what it's what people eat down here, isn't it? One, one of um, my big um, life tips, and they used to be called tips, and now people call them life hacks. Even mm. my mum, dear old mother Moore, yeah. calls them a life hack. She said to me the other day, I love a life hack. (laughs) Um, Is um, don't go, never, ever, ever buy fish and chips from a non specific fish and chip shop. So don't buy one that's a kebab shop that does fish and chips Mm. as well because that ain't going to be the experience you're after. You haven't got, they haven't got the, I don't think they've got the skill with the fryer. No, I think think that's right. And I think, I also don't think they've got the time or the energy to, do the chips properly, like no. as in slice them up and all that kind of stuff. It's like never get your um, dinner from or your tea or your lunch from um, Starbucks. It's not what they're about. No, same with Costa. Yeah, same, same with Costa. Costa. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust Costa with my with my food. I, I, I've never bought a sandwich from Costa. Do you remember when it was four thousand degrees Celsius a couple of weeks ago <laughs> yeah. in London, and um, I had to go and do some work somewhere else, and I didn't know if they had air conditioning or not. So I thought, I'm rather than go there, I'm going to go 
somewhere with air conditioning and, and turn up like a bit later. And the only place that had good air conditioning was Costa. Mm. And they ended up having a sandwich in there. And I was disappointed. I was yeah, disappointed. It's not but thing. going back to fish and chips, I'll stick my neck out on, on the line here to you and to people listening. Say that fish and chips is my number one top fast food slash takeaway choice. Really? Yeah. And, I, and, and everyone says that. Everyone says, oh, it's near the bottom because it's a bit greasy or whatever. To which I say to them, if you can, go to Kennedy's in Streatham, which to me is the best fish and chip shop around, certainly I've ever eaten in London, and you will change your tune. If you've got a fish and chip shop <clears throat> that, um, that puts this fish on top of the chips in your little box, um, nah. it's annoying because you start, you, you eat all of the fish, and then you get to the chips, and you're like, you're just eating stodge then. No. You're just eating stodge. Not right. Um, <clears throat> Kennedy's will do uh, your fish, because I was going go in the car and get takeaway, take it home. They'll do your fish your fish fillets in each get a separate bag yeah, yeah. separately yeah right, okay so you can you can then mix and match whatever you want to do i mean either way they've got to have a big uh dispenser of vinegar because yes. i am a vinegar monster pete i'll be honest with you right now okay i ask i, I say yes to salt and vinegar when she asks me mm. and then i put more sarsens on when i get home sarsens. <laughs> i do sarsens is they only do, i know i'm sure they do um lots of different diverse um ingredients ingredients mm. um uh, what would you call them? Uh, Brands, products. Well, yeah, product. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think. What it's not an ingredient if you spray it on and something, is it? It's a condiment. It's a condiment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they, they nobody trusts them with anything else other than malt or vinegar. If I can challenge my inner partridge, have you ever noticed that um, when you buy some vinegar, vinegar in quotes, from a fish and chip shop? It's always the real cheap stuff that probably due to some EU directive isn't able to be called vinegar mm. and therefore is labelled up as a non-brewed condiment. Yeah. Mul- That's what they have to call it. Multi-acid. Something like that. It, it, they can't call it vinegar. <laughs> there must be some sort of box to tick before you can cross the vinegar threshold. Is it like um, the vinegar stroke? If you, if you <laughs> yeah. It's probably something like champagne. It's probably not from the vinegar region of, yeah, mate. <laughs> of, of Kent. Of Hartlepool. Yeah, of Hartlepool. No, it'd be from the northeast, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's like you know that they weren't able to cook. Someone said at one point, you, have you heard of that fish, type of a, a, a smoked fish called a smoky? Right, yeah, yeah. And they're... they're no, a, smoky's a, a lamb's head that... Uh, that um, is it? I think Jamaicans are quite fond of. Okay, that's something different then. It's, they're highly illegal. Well, not highly illegal. You can buy them in Brixham sometimes. I've never heard a policeman say that. <laughs> not only illegal. is that illegal, that is highly illegal. Highly illegal, and therefore will come Smokies. with a harsher penalty. Um, uh, Smoky, and, and it's, it's like a smoked fish. I think it's a kipper. Right, and they and they're well known for making them in Arbroath up in Scotland. Mm. So as a result. Everyone started calling them Arbroath Smokies, the mm. same way Americans call all sparkling white wine champagne. Right. And, and then I think um, whoever makes them in Arbroath was pissed off and says, you've got to stop. And I think it was ruled in a court that no longer could they be called Arbroath Smokies unless they're from Arbroath. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So it's it happens. Arbroath is quite remote though, isn't it? It's, it's, it's hard yeah. to sort of export that sort of thing. I think it's in the, is it in the northeast of Scotland? Um, isn't with the Brexit, we're going to be fucking ourselves, I mean, we're fucking ourselves off in a million different ways, but we found an extra haul for uh, the uh, the branding of stuff like whiskey. Um, the uh, India has a, a It's in huge, the southeast it, of Scotland, Arbroath, sorry. Carry uh, on. Um, uh, India has a, um, like a burgeoning, I think it's whiskey, um, business uh, industry, uh, but they can't legally call it um, Scotch. Uh, you know, yeah, I think it's Scotch. They can't call it Scotch, um, but they make great Scotch. But nobody can. But they can't sell it as Scotch. They 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 can only sell it in the EU as some kind of other drink that so, nobody. So the Japanese who do a very good line in single malt whiskey, I think mm. they have to call it single malt whiskey. Mm. Um, 
because of, yeah, for example, exactly those reasons you've stated there. But but, but when Brexit happens, it don't matter. <laughs> but the lesson we've learned here, Pete, and we can come on to Brexit in a minute if you want. But the lesson we've learned here is that it can only be called vinegar if it's from the vinegar region of Hartlepool. Correct. Yeah. Which and is um, anywhere else is a non-brewed which, condiment, which goes str- right from Greetham to uh, a place called Elwick. And what's the name of the street you grew up on? Uh, Emont Gardens. And is it covered by the by the we Vinegar region? Around, we moved around quite a lot. No, we're not. We're not in the Vinegar region. No. <laughs> we're in the Burn Valley region. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. You're in the coal, the coal region. Yeah. The uh, yeah. the sea coal region. No, not there. No, not there. Uh, my my Hartlepool geography is all over the place because you have never invited me up there. And what's more, what's more, you were actually down in the village that my parents live in a few weeks ago when I was down there, and you didn't even tell me. Teehee. Well, I didn't know you were down there because uh, you live in London and you're always going on about your fucking house. So popping at the moors, popping at the moors for a cup of tea. Has he, have you got a dog? No, we've got no, no, got no Max pet. Has no. Got a, Max has got a big black dog. And I really want to meet him. It's brown. Is it brown? Chocolate. Oh, it's like a, almost like a light brown. Oh. Uh, Labrador called Winston. It's Winston. Yeah, I really we, want to hug it. My parents have got a tortoise. Not <laughs> that's same, that's not quite same, adorable. Same thing. Because you know why? Because my dad wanted to get my mum a pet, and <laughs> but they love going on holiday. So he was like, wait, the good thing about a tortoise is you ain't got to worry about it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but that's sort of not really, the, like, like you can't really have a, like, a, a nice get, get hang a out room, with a tortoise. Get a Roomba. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. could just go around every now and again. Hello. Um, good. All right. Well, um, we, we, we've skillfully swerved around Brexit. Shall we move on to people's emails uh, after a quick break, Pete? All right, then. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wait, I always want to hear the rest of it. Laziness and craziness. I always want to hear the rest of yeah. it. Yeah, I um, was at a, uh, I was DJing a party, Luke. This oh yeah. Week. Oh yeah. You told me about that. And, uh, How did it go wrong? Uh, the the band fucked me off a little bit by giving me a, a dodgy wire that didn't work properly. They, oh, they were the all ones, the things you they were the ones. You, I know, you pride right? yourself on your wires. They were the ones that um, who were setting up the actual wire itself, um, so that I could actually broadcast my disgraceful tunery. That's unlike uh, you my, to let them do that, though. From my DJ decks. Well, they were sort of saying, is anything coming up with your thing? I was like, yeah, it is. What's and, the band's and, and they're going... Shame them. Uh, they, you know what? They were they didn't have a name because they were from an agency. So a lot of wedding bands and a lot of like bands for uh, functions, uh, they actually come from a big agency. And what you do is you go on there, you select the songs you want, and then they sort of assemble like Avengers style, a band to, <laughs> fit, really? to fit that particular playlist. So the, the singer, who also played the guitar, 
had never played with the other members of the band. That's unbelievable. They just knew how they just knew the songs and they just knew how to play together. Isn't that incredible? And that's also a lot of people don't know this, but that it is incredible. And it's also how the Arctic Monkeys got together. It's true. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, and that's why the fat bassist isn't there anymore. Did he leave? Yeah, he left uh, after the first tour due to exhaustion. Apparently, that's uh, it's foolish, isn't it? Yeah, one of, one of probably the biggest bands the UK has exported in the last twenty five years, something like that. Oh, they're massive. Yeah, they're massive. Huge. Yeah, yeah. huge. Um, but maybe he's happier that way. Mate. It's not no, everyone maybe. wants to be. In. You know, like um, you always hear of like footballers or musicians who just didn't really fancy it. Oh, that's not for me. Mm. I had a little taste of it. I had a little taste of the biscuit. Oh, t- not for me. <laughs> gave, the pa- gave the rest of the packet to someone else. When I sort of uh, talk to people, because we occasionally get through our football ramble certainly not this show but through our football ramble stuff we occasionally get spotted in the street or we sort of you know someone says hello yeah um, it happens pretty much every night out now because the Does football ramble is okay. quite a big product and I don't you, really you, go you out you don't leave the house so yeah, yeah I, I, it happens to me I'd say like on a fortnightly basis <laughs> your cat will occasionally recognise you that's all I need <laughs> and, and emphasis on the occasion <laughs> and, uh, and, and I've and I've you know that's been happening for the last five or six years now and um, I can't imagine being on this morning, can you? Or, or being on, or, or being a regular guest on the right stuff. Well, you'll be up being, for both of those. You wouldn't be up early enough. Or being, <laughs> yeah. or, being be. any, or being, you know, any any level above what we've got. I would, yeah. could not handle it. I don't think you'll have to worry about it. No. Um, and anyone who's worked with you will know that the only chance you've got of going on either of those shows is if you do it on Skype from your own pit. Because yeah. you are not doing any work before midday usually. Although we are we're, in here before in, midday today. I was in. I wasn't in before you actually this time. No, uh, I no, have we, been appearing. Yeah, you have sometimes on my new um, hours. We've got an email here from Joe P, and I'm going to read it because it's um, essentially directed at you. So I'd like to, I'd like to be Joe's mouthpiece if okay. I may be, if, if I may. Um, Joe says, "Hello, Pete. Um, big, big fan of the pods." Here's a slightly insane request. <clears throat> I'm chipping away at a stupid little book about my odd life and my issues and stuff. I'll probably never finish it. I have the same sweaty pit thing, though, that you do slash did. Hyperhidrosis. It struck a chord when you mentioned it and the operation you had. How bemused the other Ramble boys were. They didn't get it. Anyway, I might have, have that up one day if I can afford it, but for the moment I'm writing a little passage about my sweaty travails as a young adult and how it's bummed me out and tactics to hide it, uh, i.e. backpack full of spare black T-shirts. Is there any chance I could grab a quote about how it affected you before you fixed it? Um... It's a light-hearted thing, so if I just put, I reached out to broadcaster Pete Donson of, of Ramble and Luke and Pete Show, who suffered the same niche affliction, uh, maybe you can help me. Realise you may not read this or read it but, uh, but and find me mental, but regards, um, I'm off for a long post egg. Please help me, Joe. Well, um, I've actually already replied to that, uh, Luke. Uh, oh, privately, have you? So, uh, what a gentleman. Your, your, uh, your quest to embarrass me once again has <laughs> failed. Um, it's not a, it's actually, an interesting issue to me. It, is it an interesting issue? I think so. Hyperhidrosis. I didn't even know it had a name. So yeah. it's interesting to me. Give it a name. Did you get you you reached out to him, you? I just said, um, hang in there, buddy. Did you I said- just uh, I just said, uh it's um what was it's one of the things that I sort of never really noticed until I got to about thirty two and I was like can I get this fixed? Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, well, and then I did. Yeah, and that's the thing because the reason I find this interesting, it wasn't is like because... it wasn't like a long term kind of like, oh god, this is the. It's not like a nose job or a chin job or something. No, and I think people need context here, especially people who don't know you. Chin because job. The reason it's fascinating to me is because, and the other guys will, will back me up on this, 
is because you just announced one day that you just had your armpits lasered with mm. no context. I'd why never you, really why noticed you put your you. arms up. <laughs> yeah, I never really noticed you as an overly sweaty man anyway. No, exactly. And and that's why it's fascinating because one, I didn't know the procedure existed. Two, I didn't know you had any sort of affliction. And three, of course, I I, I wish Joe all the very best in his quest. I think it's um, I think it's the paranoia if you've got like because I didn't because it's it's not about being over sweaty. We'd sort of argue that you know the lads will back us up on this. Like Marcus, who does who who hosts the football ramble, he's an overly sweaty man. He's always got a bead on. Yeah, um, I'm not an overly sweaty man, no. but, but I only sweat sweat head from uh, my pits. Um, but so you have no sweat at all now, ever? No, I, d- I do, but like it's it's coming back a little bit. But it's been two or three years now. I, I should have gone back for the um, second second treatment, which they recommended, but I didn't because I thought, fuck it, this seems all right now, and yeah. I'm very much, as you well know. And a a man who a very much deals deals in the deals in the um, present now and not the future. Talk so. to me about uh, bum crack. Bum crack. What do you mean? Sweatiness. No, not in the slightest. Never, never. You've been too. You've been too strident there, which what makes you me think that you do have a problem. No, it's with my, bum my, crack. my fat back. Uh, <laughs> Act as an awning. I've not got a fat back. I've got a fat front. It's <laughs> different, but yeah. a bit similar. Go on, carry on. What's what's next? Uh, Thanks for that, Joe. By the way, and we do genuinely wish you all the best. <laughs> well, what I did was I yes. Um, hello, Luke Peachy. I've I printed this out extra big, so this one's spread across three pages of A4. But I swear it's not that long. Jake Wiggins. Hello, Jake Wiggins. Um, Following on from your uh, conversation about uh, paying to avoid awkward situations, I have my own story that involves my mother and my family cat. About a year ago, uh, sorry, about a year after, we adopted a young tomcat uh, named Hobie, which I quite like, uh, from an animal shelter. Uh, My mum noticed he had uh, a bloated stomach, which week by week uh, seemed to increase in size. Concerned for his well-being, she dropped him off at the vets before work for them to have a look at and agreed to come in and pick him up on their way home. After she clocked out, she went to collect, collect our beloved pet to be greeted by the receptionist with a strange line. It says here that you believe your cat to be between four and five years old. We can actually estimate his age to be about 14 to 15. Huh. Bewildered, my mum just said, oh, really? The receptionist carried on and said, yeah, he was actually quite an old cat. Uh, because of his age, the vet was quite certain that it was a cancerous growth in his stomach. We carried out x-rays and blood tests to confirm. These came back positive, so we put your cat to sleep. We're very sorry. That will be £450, please. Oh, my goodness. Imagine me. getting all of that news in, at once. I can't imagine my vet ever doing that, ever being that discourteous. You, you would surely... Call them. Call them and go, look, this cat is fucked. And also it's a lot old. It's three times older than what you thought. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, that is full on, isn't it? Mm. So my, my vet, local vet, which I have to go to all the time because both of my cats are normally fighting, mm. um, is very, very like sensitive. They, they even have a thing where they have a separate reception for cats and dogs. Yeah. And they have a candle. And the idea being, they tell you the first time you go there, they give you a little piece of paper. If the candle's lit, it's yeah. because someone there's like, saying goodbye to their family pet. Is that, it, it, is that you who posted that online? No. Oh, because I mean? saw that. I saw that online. No, this is my local vet. Well, Norwood uh, Veterinary Surgery. Oh, maybe you posted maybe it's a WhatsApp common, group. Maybe it's a common thing. They, uh, yeah, they, they light a candle. And if, you, if the candle's lit, you, you have to basically behave respectfully. Dead animal coming through. Whereas normally, if it's not a candle lit, I'm like, check out this cat! <laughs> and swiping people with their claws. Um, yeah. That's, that's really sad. Yeah, but if you know the candle's lit, you could try and sell someone an animal. Yeah, true. It's like an, it's like an opportunity. Yeah, say, maybe that's but... what I do around the back. <laughs> but you know, um, and Pete, before you move on from that, uh, it's reminded me, that is especially discourteous because I I was with, who was I with? I can't remember. It's years ago. I was walking down a side street near where my parents live and I saw a cat mm. and it was clearly like a homeless cat and mm. it was in a, in it, to, be, to be honest, it was in a shit state. A dreadful way. Yeah, it's bad. Mm. And um, 
So I legged it back to my house and got a blanket mm. and wrapped it in it to pick it up. It was really scared and it was shaking. It was like skin and bones. It was awful. Took it back to the um, to my parents' house and called the RSPCA and they said, "Look, you can give it water, but don't give it any food because it you know, it might be it might not be able to have any food." Mm. Um, so we gave it water and it was drinking it. When the RSPCA turned up, looked at it, it's like, "Okay, thanks, we'll take it." And even they called me um, and right, said, "Look, we're, we're going to put it down just to let you know we we're actually going to have to put the cat to sleep. It's got um, a lot of tumours similar to that that, mm. that cat." Um, but thank you very much and all this other stuff and then admittedly about a month later they called me again saying do you want to make some money because ah, they were obviously like this guy's a sucker but even even bugger. those guys called me to let me know so it's a bit strange that that vet wouldn't do that for well, a family pet well Jake goes on and says my mum burst out into tears in apparent love for our family cat stuck her card in the machine paid the pet's executioners and went home years after the incident she told me in, in no uncertain terms that I love that cat but I was crying because I just paid someone £450 to kill my fucking cat yeah. before you ask yes she was born in Yorkshire <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, oh, I, I, um, I was at a barbecue this summer <laughs> chatting to a guy a funny guy like a bit older Scottish and uh, he said he was he was he got he, he, oh yeah my wife's annoyed me at the moment I was like why is that and he said because they got two kids and their hamster mm. was ill and uh, he took it to the they said oh, you have to take it to the vet and he took it to the vet and um apparently and this is what 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 was said as to why the family were annoyed with him because he said with the best word in the world it's a hamster it's two years old just slot it <laughs> just what slot it which slot is like a it. slave would just kill it slot it about the family pet with yeah. the kids there I think I told you about my dad um, um, about to execute um, one of our gerbils with a knife what on a brick uh, Stuart got, I didn't know he had it in him Stewie um, it had got its we had like a gerbilarium. I think we were talking about the gerbilarium before. Uh, Vic and Bob were the first um, um, gerbils we had. Uh, but it was That's such a great northeastern story. It was, that. It was a basically a, um, an aquarium, an old aquarium filled with um, soil and, and stuff so they could burrow like they would in the wild. Did they like it? Yeah, they loved it. How it was, big was it? Like burrow. a big fish tank? Size. Yeah, like a big fish tank. So probably about the size of... Uh, that um, cabinet, that cupboard over okay, there. Okay, right, that's decent. Yeah, it was a good size, and, and it would, and they would burrow and sort of, you know, have babies and everything. anyway. One of them got its nose caught, kind of its 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 teeth sort of hooked over the top of the um, of the mesh that we had, and for love no money, me dad and you know could not get it was just hanging basically from its teeth. Right, uh, couldn't get it out at all. It just would not. It just the nose was jammed in so hard, and it was squealing and oh, it was just awful. terrible. So my dad. Um, said just got a brick and was about to um, chop its head off with a knife um, and just as the knife came down the uh, he, the, the gerbil wriggled free and ran uh, under the uh, behind the cupboard so I lived a long happy life lived a long happy life behind the cupboard that's so funny isn't it yeah. did you witness that I didn't witness the knife uh, my dad getting the knife out no but I'm fairly certain how I know which knife he was going to use as well oh. and that stayed in the family for such a long time how old were so you many, uh, how old was I probably about 13. Hang on a minute. You're the type of family where you've got a knife, a family knife. There's so many things in my mum and dad's house that we've had for absolutely, like towels that have existed since yeah. I was born. Yeah. It's insane. Oh, I think when I go back to my parents and it's sometimes... It's still the same iron right, from okay. like the 70s. If I get that. like a teaspoon out to stir a cup of tea or whatever, I recognise the teaspoon. Yeah, 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 massively. Yeah, there's a Tommy Tippy one that's, uh, that's been in the family oh, really? for a little while. <laughs> but the iron in particular, my mum's obsessed with this bloody iron. And it is a good iron, but like she says, the modern ones don't have the weight. The, the, right. the, the old ones do and it's probably I actually true. agree with that yeah. I agree with that yeah they're probably less energy efficient that's why yeah maybe yeah. but a lot of it is to do with the weight and I find that with our iron at the moment but part of the reason we've got like cutlery that stayed in our family for years is because 
my dad worked at a company where, you know, like back in the day, like in the 70s, where they'd have like, there'd be like a big social club around it. It was mm. almost like its own like living, breathing entity. Yeah, yeah, yeah And they yeah. had like proper full-time like chefs, canteen staff, and they had embossed uh, cutlery. Right. Property of the company. Yeah. Obviously, my dad used to rob them. So we used to have all those in our house and we still got some of them. Lovely. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, it was one of those things, it's, it's quite a good uh, thread actually. What did you get free um, from like your dad's company. What did your dad bring home every now and again? Like, so say your dad worked for like a chocolate factory. Did yeah. you get chocolates? I wonder if I'm going to get my dad in trouble for this. What do you he, mean? Well, so he used to work for an electronics company. Right. Uh, so he used to bring home all sorts. We were like the first family in our road to get, uh, what was it called? B Sky B at the time. Oh, right. Okay. So he just brought home just brought dish, a box, telly, yeah, yeah. video player, all sorts. I think, yeah. You, you, you work your hours and then you just, you know. I remember being at a company, Pete, and we, and, um, you'll recognise this, where there would be so much stuff sent to the company that it would sit there mm. for months. Yeah. And it got to the point where I would make a note on my computer and say, if that's still there in like three months, I'm mm. just going to take it. Usually. And, I'd, and that's what I used to do because no one used to want it. Oh, it was just tat. just absolute tat would just turn up. And, and and when you sort of start working in sort of, you know, I, I have a job on radio and, and when you first start working in radio, you're just kind of like, oh, great. Guinness have sent us some hats. Yeah. And because you're like you're still a student basically, and then about two years in, you're like, get that shit off my desk because it's just going to sit there. It's just going to sit in the office, and people just send shit off. There's a big, um, uh, there's a big stuffed shark in the Absolute Radio studio at the moment for the film The Meg, uh, yeah. which is starring Jason Statham and a big shark, and it's basically like a sleeping bag you can get in it, and it looks good. And but every radio station and every um, film or video game company, media company have have been sent this fucking stuffed shark. It just, it just sits there. Yeah. I'll just get it out. It's just going to sit there for another two months. And you got it in your house now? <laughs> I've got it in my house now. Is it supposed to be good, got, that film, it's by got, the way? It's got a tear in the mouth. Um, uh, no, it's supposed to be like big dumb fun. Okay. I watched, uh, I can't talk, I'm really annoyed. I, I can't talk about that West Ham film I saw uh, yesterday with... Um, When's the embargo on that? Yeah, I think it's the 29th. We'll talk about oh. that after. We'll talk about that later. I, watched, I went to a press screening of American Animals and there was no embargo on that. Yeah. Well, it, it depends, really. There we it go. Depends. Should we squeeze one more email in very quickly? Um, uh, yeah, well, some of the emails we didn't use this week include a man on, uh, who worked for a police force who witnessed a person getting stabbed in the clavicle oh, by, I heard a man, about by a man who was uh, on super drugs and psychosis. Uh, and uh, listen, a more uplifting one, perhaps, depending on your viewpoint. Oh, I forgot to tell you what my dad uh, got me from work. All right. Uh, uh, I had severe asthma when I was a child. Still have it now. Yeah. Um, less controlled then because you're a kid. Um, he brought me home uh, an entire, um, not defibrillator, like a big, um, you know, one of those, 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 those um, electric kind of pumps that pump steam into your lungs. Right. He brought me one of those home, fixed it up and uh, yeah. Did it work? Yeah, it worked. Yeah, it was fine. Oh, yeah, it was, what a touching thing a for a dad to do for his son. That's amazing. Good <laughs> for gift, him. The gift of life. Is it still in the family home? Um, no, we probably don't. I mean, it is just, thinking about it, it is just uh, an oscillating air pump. Hmm. So I don't know why they're so expensive. In many ways, out there. In many ways, life is just a big oscillating air pump. <laughs> it really is. Uh, but do we have time for a very quick email? Yeah, this yeah, is a quick one. And uh, this one's from Ben. He says, "Afternoon, chaps. Um, hope everything is swell in Pod World." Ben, um, the two of us need to look no more. It's a song about a rat, not a gerbil. I thought it was a spider. It's about a rat, I think, a pet rat. Oh, because I remember the word to learn uh, in Japanese, benkyoshimas, uh, and I drew a little picture of a spider reading a book. 
Because I thought it was about mm. a spider. I think it's about a rat. Now that's just going to confuse me, isn't it? People will tell us if it is. Shit. Um, ben says, following on from the conspiracy theory episode, which of course was the last show out, I think, um, I thought I would share something I came across on Reddit, the hub of skewed opinions made for sane people's entertainment. Mm. Something you would use, something that you very much subscribe to, Pete. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a theory out there that questions the financial stability of mattress stores. Um, Based, based in the US apparently anyway the question is they, they pose is how are there so many mattress stores in America mm. yet everyone claims that mattresses have a five to seven year life expectancy this individual uh, this individual on Reddit 100% believes that all mattress stores are run by mafia as a form of money laundering what makes this even more ridiculous is he calls them the mattress mafia the least intimidating organised crime <laughs> subgroup I think I've ever heard not only ridiculous but an extremely mundane thought process for this person. The, the mattress mafia sounds like... Um, don't, okay. sli- don't sleep on the job. <laughs> no, it just sounds like a name you give your mate because you'd bed a lot of women. Yeah. With the mattress oh, mafia, Where is mate. he? Oh, he's out with the mattress mafia tonight. <laughs> yeah. Pathetic. Yeah. But Pete, if you think about it, say there are, I think there are about f- maybe 400 million people in the US. Yeah. So that for the sake of argument, right? Mm. Um, so how many households do you reckon that is? Uh, canny few I'd divided say. by three it's probably 120 mm. 130 million households mm. they've probably got an average of say three bedrooms mm. so that's 300 well, 390 yeah. million beds and then yeah. you, and then you've got to divide that by seven every every seven years I guess and every time still you a move, lot of mattresses to be bought and every time you move house you invariably throw out a mattress don't you can't be asked to carry it can't be asked to carry I remember trying to get one through a, 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 a loft space trying to get it into a loft by folding it, fold it really, yeah. I must have folled yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ter- terrible. I've got business. a Casper mattress and it's absolutely amazing. I'd recommend it to anyone. Well, I'm not even being paid to say that. Genuinely, so, it's amazing. There are so many mattress companies uh, now that Casper might not even be sponsoring us this week. Could be I'm, another one. Well, you I'm, could have mugged them right off there. I'm Casper's lad, I don't care. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. All right, I'm going to press a button uh, on an iPad I just covered up with my uh, notes. Uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, hello at Luke and Pete Show to get involved. We'd love to hear from you and we'll try and get through a few more emails next time around. Uh, we were too busy gassing this time, weren't we? Love ya. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.